episode was that? Episode 6. Welcome to episode 6 of Overlooked and Undercooked, I believe. Uh, my name is Tim Bat. I'm Guy Montgomery and we are recording live in the prestigious Crown Plaza, King's Cross, London, England, just uh, what has been a pretty tremendous break between drinks for us here. Six months, I think. At Real Rob Incorporated. Uh, to those of you listening to the season sequentially, we will have probably just hung up our microphones after a conversation with, I believe, Dan Rath uh, over episode five, Coffee Beans. Good memory. And uh, I remember what happened too. There we were in Melbourne and Monty said, should we go and have a beer? And what? I said, we'd watched five fucking episodes of Real Rob in and a I was day. Like, yeah, we, yeah, let's go and have a beer. And then we had a beer and then we ran out of time. And now we're here in London and we've got a young upstart, up and coming comedian who we've invited to guest on this sort of, well, this next episode. Yeah, that's pick right. Up. You might know him from Off Menu or whenever this gets released, the current or most recent or second to last or third to last season of Taskmaster. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, it's Ed Gamble. Oh, hey guys. Hey Ed. Hey uh, Ed. Can I just say the most modern feeling of anxiety in the world is when you're a guest on a podcast, <laughs> but you're waiting to be introduced, and the hosts are introducing it. I don't think we did a particularly good job either of no, sort of bringing I, I you in. No, I thought it was in. great, and I thought you you got to me quite quickly because I've been on a few where there's like ten minutes of chat and they're catching and up. Do and you, asking, will you often leave sort of little noises on? You know, the worst I'll, feeling I'll laugh, in the world. I yeah. laugh even when. Even when I don't think it's funny, just to be like, I'm here. Remember, guys, I, I, exist. Exist. I, I kick in the door. You know, the idea that <laughs> you you're should. not allowed to introduce yourself on podcasts. This isn't radio. This isn't some sort of formal medium. This yeah. is, you know. That's the point, isn't it? Yeah. There's no yeah. rule. Take the rule book, throw it out the podcast window. I like following the rules. Okay. I think Ed, podcasts have been around long enough now where we need to start following the rules. Name names. <laughs> Who's keeping you waiting 10 minutes before you're allowed to I did, bring in? Uh, Rosie Jones and Helen Bauer's podcast. called It's called Daddy, Please Look at Me. And it's a very funny podcast, but they were talking for up to 15 minutes. And <laughs> to keep crazy. me quiet while they were talking, Helen Bauer made me do a word puzzle on her phone. <laughs> See, that's like a almost, child. Yeah. That's performance art at that point. Yeah. Your, like, your silence <laughs> and your, your enthusiasm for the rules, I'm sure, was probably part of a wider narrative yeah. between episodes. I fell for it as well. I was doing the word game. I was like, I'm re- really enjoying the word game. <laughs> yeah. And I solved it. I was really pleased with myself. The worst of both worlds. Yeah. You're just about to crack the puzzle. And then they go, welcome, yeah. to, the, welcome to the podcast <laughs> Now, gentlemen, I hate to move us on prematurely, but we're approaching the three-minute mark. I can't help but notice we haven't uh, broached the sort of format, the whole reason d'etre for us being um, here. So that was episode six of season two of Real Rob. Mm. Before we launch into a conversation, does anyone here remember the title of the no. episode? Uh, yes, I do. It was Authentic Self, oh, I believe. That's right. That's right. And um, I guess... Uh, 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 a place to start would be asking you what did you prior to half an hour ago know about the Real Rob universe I have seen the first episode of Real Rob season one season one huh the first episode and you didn't stick with it I didn't stick with it no interestingly uh, I saw it with Nish Kumar when we lived together we watched it and we couldn't believe it was a thing. And even now, it seems like some sort of crazy fever dream. Yeah. This does actually put you into quite a sweet spot, though, because traditionally, the first episode of anything, it's quite challenging to establish the parameters of the show, the world of the show, the sure. rules of the show. Sure. So, you know, between that and I'd say, what is it? It's, it'll be, you know, there's 12 episodes or whatever between that and now. Yeah. How far have we come? Well, I mean, I don't feel like I've missed anything <laughs> in the interim period really 
I don't. There's certain aspects of it now that I don't remember being so prevalent in episode one. Um, here's a question. Uh, I guess you don't know how they film it, but it seems like they they <laughs> iPhones. I think they, t- <laughs> but they do they do it a take line by line. They yeah, yeah. and they stitch it all together because the pauses between the lines are quite incredible. I think yeah, Rob Schneider's in charge, and I understand the only way he knows how to operate is sequentially. So <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's he's literally across every single job on set. Yeah. So if, if even one cog gets moved out of place, the whole house of cards comes tumbling down. But it's but he'll say a line, and there'll be a pause. They'll cut to his wife, she'll pause, she'll say a line, and so on and so on. It makes for a pretty good edit, though. Can you imagine the editor being in there oh, being like, dream. mate, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. you say this. the editor, do you mean Rob Schneider? <laughs> when yeah. Rob Schneider opens up iMovie, he's got all of these just clean audio points where he can cut to the next shot. But it's That'd like, so cause nice. my, my knowledge of Rob Schneider previously was just doing one line in Adam Sandler films. You so didn't... You didn't uh, explore slightly further off path into his solo vehicles the um, animal the hot chick no not seen the hot chick juice bigelow i've seen juice bigelow and well it's obviously awful did you love it though when you saw it oh yeah, yeah. Well, i watched it all the way through it's a huge bitch <laughs> you're not allowed to laugh at that there you go yes. at the time though yeah <laughs> <laughs> but this it's isn't like one of those podcasts guy <laughs> no i know but, you know do you remember how things were back in the 90s <laughs> oh fuck here we go but it's like he's recorded him doing a series of cameo lines in his own sitcom. <laughs> yeah, well, it's all he knows, isn't it? Yeah, so that's when he's most relaxed, when he's just like, you just come in, you do one line. So he's just in and out the whole time. Do you know what, though? So in this episode, he laps some fake whiskey because he's in a set on the film and quite a meta sort of analysis yeah. of his <laughs> method. It's many layers deep. He looks it like a cat, and I have to say it was probably the strongest performance that he had in there. A bit of physical comedy. And he was committed to it. And I think um, as ludicrous as the action was, even within context, it made zero sense. Sure. But it was the funniest thing he did. What? So, But then he did it again. He's, yes. So the, then he sipped the whiskey and spat it out. It's classic Rob. What this sitcom has a little bit of a problem with is setting up a joke and then unpacking it. Yes. <laughs> until the suitcase is empty and then filling the suitcase back up again and unpacking it's it. It's like getting in the suitcase. Yeah. Euphemistic British language. Yeah. <laughs> saying what this sitcom has a little bit of a problem with. <laughs> uh, so I, I think... Just what, what was it? You developed a bit of a catchphrase for what he does. What was it? It was like... <laughs> five times the charm was that we're like oh. you know rule of seven yeah, or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's yeah I ca- Rob I ca- Schneider's comedy rule of seven yeah I think it's if you I don't know if you try the same gag seven times eventually yeah. one of them will hit well that's every scene isn't it mm. so there's the scene with the children in this episode where he goes in to give like a speech to the children about their dreams and excitement and then obviously top line is Rob's insensitive to the children do it with all the children out you get <laughs> including by the way we can't be having that referring to a kid as an Indian kid <laughs> and the kid says I'm Pakistani and this, says they're the same yeah, thing this show famously made last year uh, and I <laughs> just to hear the, the year of our lord 2018 the swift pivot from being on set uh, on some film within the TV show to in a classroom delivering a speech <laughs> for those listening along who haven't watched the series maybe just to centre us you could give us a brief plot synopsis of the episode uh, actual self I would love I would love to Best of luck, Ed. <laughs> I'm praying for you. So his wife's away filming something, which is that is set up at the beginning of the episode as if that's going to be a major <laughs> plot point. <laughs> but 
it, it is just set up to get her offset for yeah. a bit so clearly she she's having some time so off i yeah. know that i've just given you this task and i hate to immediately interrupt but the storytelling technique he's is literally he launches several balls into the air at the <laughs> right. start of the episode yeah, 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 yeah. and it's whatever he remembers he's well, he just, <laughs> like, well in this episode he's just watched them all fall to the ground <laughs> He's, he's then got yeah, like eight balls. Yeah, <laughs> he's always, there's always one in the air, but he can never. He's going, what are those balls there for? <laughs> and then it's set up that he's going to this school to give a talk to them about their excitement projects, which I think for any other sitcom that would be that. Would, come on, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> I think for any other sitcom that would be like a whole episode, right, or like half an episode, but it's yeah. one scene. Well, yeah. They set it all up in a scene in the bed at the beginning. Him yes. and his wife are talking and you're like, we know because that setup. His, his wife's going away and so Rob, which is outside of his ordinary purview, is responsible for childcare and sure. all sorts of sort of domestic yeah. chores that are usually beyond his... I mean, reach. And this is a point that Tim constantly made throughout the episode is Rob has... Writ- like, this is Rob Schneider's starring vehicle. Oh, yeah. And he has chosen to write the character as, you know, because we're in a time in television where people embrace anti-heroes and whatnot. Sure. And he's written a character, but, you know, there's no complexity to this anti-hero. It's just this, like, unrelenting curmudgeon. It's but, cr- but it seems, I think, uh, and, I, and I like it. I like an anti-hero. I like it when people write themselves as arseholes yeah. or whatever. So, like, you know, Curb Your Enthusiasm or something like that. But what he's done, it's like he's writing it as if he thinks he's a good guy exactly so he's writing an asshole character but by accident yeah it's a beautiful mind yeah rob schneider it's like what's the state it's mental illness isn't it because if the very <laughs> if the very tool with which you perceive reality is broken then you're really at sea aren't you because then you have no yard your yardstick yeah. is broken the looking glass is cracked yes yeah <laughs> so how will we even yeah. determine what a villain is anymore because but he's, I mean, he's turning a mirror on himself but the mirror is a piece of wood the, but, mer- <laughs> the most yes. beautiful part of it is though he's circumvented any element of that being a problem in the production process by literally taking control of every <laughs> facet of the production at so, no point can anyone say Rob this doesn't work because the only person who's yeah. allowed to say that is Rob Schneider himself so, so there, I think there's two more plot points yes. that we need to cover yes. one Adam Sandler calls him yes and says huge for us very exciting yeah, you to guys, see. you guys lost it then I mean you know that Adam Sandler had 100 unanswered emails before. He's <laughs> like, fine, if you stop getting in touch with me, I'll fucking drop I'll, in for a scene. I'll only film the scene by myself <laughs> on the phone. And it's yeah. on a green screen. Well, he's it, got two yeah. scenes and one of them's obviously a green screen. Yeah. <laughs> but also, it really makes you appreciate Adam Sandler. He is such a good guy. When you when you put him up against Schneider's performance, yeah. it, it, it's mind-blowing, isn't it? Yeah. He, like, and, so what you will about the Sandman. Yeah. He's not Rob Schneider, no. <laughs> and that's important. Yeah, so he's sort of, because I think one of the elements of pathos we meant to care about is Rob's career's kind of stalling. His wife's career seems to be kicking off. She was in that soap opera the last episode, and the yeah. soap opera's flown her out to San Diego to shoot the finale or whatever. And Adam Sandler, so successful that nothing matters to him. His life is like, you know, there's... And so he's saying, we see him. He's flying a big old drone, kicking back in a lounger, which is what we'd all do if we had his yeah, money. Yeah, and right? he's got the so, he's yeah. got the sh- the chef from Nobu yeah. at his house who brings out a plate of sushi, and he goes, "I wanted I this for later." Was I supposed to know what Nobu was? Because I just assumed I had missed something earlier uh, in the no, year. No, it's a it's a I think it's a semi famous uh, Californian sushi eatery that's oh, quite like there's the one rock. in London too. Oh, there you like go. kind so, of Michelin star. 
yeah like a, yeah really nice sushi like japanese food here's what i want to know is there a, a chef actually called nobu <laughs> Is that who that guy was? Oh, boy. Or was it just a Japanese man? <laughs> I, I think undoubtedly option B. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because it's 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 bad enough just getting a random guy to be the stand-in for the chef. But if yeah. they're just calling a random guy the name no of boo. the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> of course. But no, because that's the whole, that's half the gag in this is that these... Racism. Well, yeah, it's a yeah, always the ass, yeah. they're assholes. Like Adam yeah. Sandler seems to be enjoying playing himself. And to be fair, that's something that Adam Sandler enjoys doing he, constantly. He, he does he, it well. He's he relishing. Do it. I think he can do it from the place of security that he is actually a good guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you've seen 100% Fresh, his, his, that? his, his uh, Netflix special. Sandler special? Oh, was that that awesome one that he did recently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His like his humanity and his love of his family shines through the whole thing. Yeah. What Rob Schneider has shown up as of his relationship to his family <laughs> is just like unwavering resentment and fury at the life he has created for himself <laughs> and disgust at every component part of it. He's very bitter, isn't he? He feels like yeah. a man who has made his bed and <laughs> hates the bed. Yeah. He's, he's he pissed in the like it's no one's fault. It's an unforced error, but. You can kind of understand how he got there emotionally because, as Guy mentioned earlier, he did have a string of, you know, commercial hits. I owned three of his movies on VHS. I was a Schneider fan. Yeah. For, there, was a, there was a time when I'd see anything he made. And I'm sort of going back in the archives now a little bit, but from memory of our research, he he they dropped him from Grown Ups yeah, to there because was, of was, some unpleasantness, I think. There was some sort of miscommunication, but he's in Sandler's, you know, like that, I think, you know. Uh, he's in the special, is he? He's in the special. He sort of he does one line. In. He flies in on a some sort of, is it not a trapeze? What are, what's it called when people are flying? What is it called when people fly off? It's on, on a wire. On a, on a wire. On a wire. Yeah, they're called wires. Wings. Uh, we, we've we've derailed the plot and out, the plot summation once more. Yeah, because we've not even <laughs> hit the actual main plot strand, which what is he's filming an independent movie, right? Oh, yeah. We've so not how even did covered they, that? I think I might have been opening a beer very so, <laughs> focused on that when that happened. What happened there? He's so, just... There's no other setup other than he's filming an independent yeah. movie. Right. Like the the through line is he cl- so when he, he's reckoning with his jealousy of his wife's success, he's like, well, I've got this, you know, I've got this great role in this independent thing. And then when he's talking to Sandler, and Sandler goes, I'm going to Greece, I'm going to go on holiday, I'm doing whatever the fuck I want because I'm Adam Sandler. He's going, yeah, well, I've sort of got this role in this little independent. So you know, this is like, I think he's using it to temper jealousy. But then the second half of the episode with absolutely no setup for it no. in the very long 16-minute first half of the episode is him on set. And it's a it's a testament to this episode that Sandler's barely even the biggest draw wow. on screen in terms of cameos. Michael Madsen. Yeah. <laughs> Actual Michael Madsen rocks up. He just looks incredible. He run us through it. Run us through that scene. What it's not Rob, a long one, but it feels like a lot is in there. What does Rob Schneider have on Michael Madsen? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here, Michael? I don't really know what Michael Madsen is in. Like every Quentin Tarantino film, but I don't know apart from that what he's actually doing. So I think I think he's ready to go. When Rob Schneider drops you an email, yeah, you're gonna play yourself. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. a lot of fun. You're gonna play but yourself. He, we're gonna shoot it sequentially. Yeah. In and I, out. I do. I realize he's a good actor. Funnily enough, I sort of missed his role but Alice Nen was helpfully watching the episode with us as well and providing some colour commentary as we call it but we had just seen um, Alice Nedden beaming after <laughs> retreating into her shell for that cough that we so we just ruthlessly saw, chastised her for <laughs> we just saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood the latest Tarantino movie obviously 
he's he's a really fantastic actor, mm. but it it felt beyond acting the the rueful anger <laughs> which he directs at Rob Schneider in the scene, which is all about Rob Schneider kind of being a piece of shit on set, and it felt a bit too real. Oh, it was definitely real, and also he uh, he was clearly just doing every line once. Yes. So there's a couple of lines where he loses his way, genuinely loses his <laughs> yeah. way halfway through a line. And then finds his way back, and they just let that run. We've got one go at all of these. Yeah, no, no one's going. All right, do you just want to do that again, clean. Do you just get that clean. Well, because I there's they a, hit him for twenty minutes. The, they, they use that brilliant uh, sort of cinematic device when they transition from you know watching the process of the movie being made on a TV show to actually filming the movie. They yeah. change from color to black and white because it's the sort of gritty mafia movie. But they, they all the mistakes are in that as well, which suggests that they have edited them and put them through a grading process <laughs> absolutely ready yeah. for the movie and just yeah just leave that in the bit where he licks licks the whiskey yeah, like a cat so, and so the first take they do and he licks the whiskey like it and it sort of breaks the whole momentum of the scene and they stop and everyone's like what the fuck was that and he goes well i had a sip and they go no you you were drinking like a cat that's what a cat does and he's like oh okay we'll do it again and they do it again and the next time he does this thing where he sort of dribbles it out of his mouth back into the cup after actually taking a swig and Michael Madsen's reaction I've never seen anything on screen <laughs> straddle the line between performance and reality like he was literally caught in purgatory where he was la- <laughs> he was like angry and laughing as himself and as the character on the show and it's so obvious that they couldn't shoot it again because yeah. they just stuck they had him for it. one line but he, so he'd, he'd received no direction as to how <laughs> yeah. the character of Michael Madsen should be reacting. So he was like angry, but then laughing and then angry and laughing all at the same time. And then he was angry and went to his trailer. It doesn't Bizarre. sound like a weird thing when you say it out loud, but folks, you've got to watch this one you, clip. It's fucking yeah. wild. Yeah. Just this reaction that he has. Also, as, uh, just while we're talking about celebrities in the, in the show, a small subplot that went absolutely nowhere to... Not my surprise, but minor frustration is that Jamie, the much put upon assistant, is given like this really promising romantic lead in the form of a yoga instructor and fellow vegetarian on set, played by Haley Duff, most famous, sadly, f- for her, but not for us, <laughs> uh, for being Hilary Duff's sister. And then, like, they sort of set it up like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, and then knowing our relationship to him through the show, it's like, well, this is all going to go horribly long, wrong in a very, you know, physically painful and funny way purportedly funny way for mm. us and just, she, it's one of those balls that yeah, he forgot could be, yeah that was one the of the balls for sure <laughs> because you guys had set his character up for me like something always goes wrong with this yeah, yeah. he's gonna get electrocuted he'll get, he's gonna get burnt and get... then and then he squatted for a yoga move mm. and she left and you guys were like here we go <laughs> something bad's gonna so i was like what's gonna happen he's gonna sit on a spike his pants are gonna rip off and a crow's gonna come down and peck his balls i thought he was gonna shit himself i would have put money yeah, on it i would i would have bet you 20 yeah pounds i thought yeah. the, on that. The, the eggplant that she gave him for lunch the vegetarian option there's was gonna, the yeah. setup there's go, the setup folks but what happens is rob schneider comes along yeah. and says oh you look a bit silly sometimes the thing that goes wrong in a storyline is that rob schneider forgets to finish writing them <laughs> <laughs> that's a kind of a punchline isn't it it's like he's written that whole scene and then on the set he's gone how about i just come on instead yeah <laughs> how about we forget that and i come on and do another yeah. line me i'll riff, <laughs> I'll riff something i'll riff something yeah. it'll be fine <laughs> that is what it's like isn't it he's behind camera he calls action on a scene it starts happening and he's like oh i think i can get in there yeah. I got something. <laughs> literally walks around from behind frame and just goes and tanks the whole thing and goes yeah cut next that's definitely what happened with the apple juice licking scene where he's licking the whiskey apple juice and then they're like right that's in the script and he's like i've, I've got another one 
and so then spits it out. And then the, the spitting thing as well. There's actually there's there's a bit of movie magic that's gone into it because he's spitting for a um, impossibly long amount of time. So they've put a tube out of you know on the other side of his face away from the camera to make it go truly. You, yeah, they keep the shot going for so long. Like, it, doesn't it takes go, a little sip. It doesn't it, go on long enough to justify a tube. Absolutely not. It's just long enough so that you know they've done something, <laughs> but not long enough to be funny or have any particular reason. <sighs> well, but it's just like, it's this constant reminder that people exist creating the show that's really depressing Tim, to me. You miss 100% of the guesses you don't take. <laughs> I, what really depresses Guesses. me is this is what Rob Schneider that's how he treats comedy it's a huge <laughs> it a mystery yeah. like, I had a good run in the late 90s where I took a lot of guesses and people were into it well, yeah, like, but then I lost it fuck it's the most unlikely law of averages but it does feel like there was a time there when he was you know like it doesn't feel like he's control of any of the decisions he's making <laughs> no. if you explain what the animal is that's not funny but he did it and, it's, and it worked and it made a lot of money yeah, and he was, act, he was acting opposite. The the female lead in the movie, The Animal, was uh, probably the second most popular female contestant from the first season of Survivor <laughs> who had no history of acting whatsoever. Wow, eh? We made things different back then, didn't we? I feel really bad for the people who have bit parts in this show because they would have been really excited that they're on a show. You Hayley Duffs? No, not even Hayley Duffs. I'm talking the guy who plays like the the, the runner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he's all eager I'm and s- he's pretty good. Like there's nothing wrong with what he's doing. But he's he's like, I'm on a show, I'm on a show. And no, then it's real Rob. I think they'd be down with it because, and I can't remember the specifics, but maybe I should look them up during the next episode. But um. Uh, th- we did. We got. We get sent by the people who listen to this podcast and behind the scenes stuff. And apparently, that like people were getting fucked over left, right, and centre who are making this. Right. It's very low budget, in spite of the fact that it is a Netflix commissioned show. Yeah. Not commissioned by. <laughs> yeah. Well, so guy, that's guy key. And they I, bought it. Yeah. Guy and I believe that Rob Schneider has given them a show and some money <laughs> to get it onto Netflix. So the transaction's slightly different to the norm. But they must be. If they are paying for it, it will not be much money. Absolutely. He's 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 got no sense of business. No, he's making a show fully and then bringing it to Netflix. This, yes, this thing yes. arrived at Netflix on a flash drive wrapped <laughs> up in a twenty dollar bill. <laughs> <laughs> the bargaining system that's going on there, where he goes, well, here's a fully produced series, which and is, they go, all right, we'll pay ten dollars for it, uh, and he goes, no, you I mean want, you're giving want, me the ten dollars? <laughs> <laughs> no, I want I want more than that. And they're like, well, you've made it already. There's nothing there's nothing you can do in this situation. Oh, you got I can't believe I did this two seasons in a row. It's yeah. like to Garth Marenghi. So the, the Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. The joke is that they made. They just went ahead and made the show. So there's a line where Richard Ayoade says, "And oh, we just we didn't know you had to wait. <laughs> <laughs> we just went ahead and made it, and then wanted to see who wanted it." Um, but this is to your point that the people who you know you you feel slighted on their behalf, the yeah. people who featured in it. I, these are not you know. I wouldn't say they're real actors. The people who are pursuing a career in acting sure. who maybe would not otherwise get on anything. I, and I think they'd be very happy to have that credit uh, on IMDb. I don't know. I, cause I, It'd be like if I was on it. I'd be fucking stoked. Well, that's got to be the end of this podcast. That would be, yeah, I mean, that would be an enjoyable three. sort of cultural oddity. I don't know that you would be stoked. I'd be stoked. <laughs> I I remember, because we've spoken about the, the supporting players and passing on this before, and it's interesting to me, you know, this is a ostensibly a comedy show and Rob Schneider you know like usually on any comedy show more specifically in the first season you'd populate it with people who you know are funny from like the comedy industry or scene 
who will later go on to become successful performers. Sure. He is betting at 0% in terms of <laughs> picking performers who will come on and steal a scene or like, you know, I know that he's not, they're not given a lot to play with. It's but another guess, isn't it? He's yeah, just he's yeah, guessing exactly, in the casting exactly. as well. So, I mean, that, yeah, that guy, that one guy's only line is, yeah, we've got vegetarian options, hot dog or burger buns with relish. And that's it. And he's out. His yeah. perfor- but see, uh, those performances are more uh, in keeping with the overall tone. Like, because that guy did not feel like a performer. He felt like someone who yeah. obviously go stand behind that food and say this stuff. He was a sayer. Yeah. yeah. And, that, <laughs> sayer. That, <laughs> and that is more in keeping with the show than, say, the guy who was uh, the runner and was doing all these jobs. So yeah. he tells probably doesn't have a trailer who is actually giving in some sort of acting or comedic performance sure. and you see it and you're like this is I think this is where that feeling of unease and sorrow comes from because it's like you're trying and it's not fair Rob's because, not trying yeah, no one else is <laughs> it's awful although there is a believability to Rob's performance because he like you well it's know, real it's real Rob it is real <laughs> Rob the clue was on the tin the whole time but you can tell that he is in real life a narcissistic piece of shit because he wears his his He's not an intelligent man. This is what I can't escape. <laughs> the thing about... I interviewed him once on the radio. Did you? I talked to him for about half an hour. I had to cut it into like six minutes to put on a, a rock you know, music station yeah. a few years ago. He's real into Buddhism and, and sort of Eastern religions, but he does a, he's not a in, deep thinker at in all. In theory, he is. <laughs> It's a yeah, nice thing exactly. to say. Yeah. It's not something he's comfortable being asked about. No. And and we watched a clip last week. He's an anti-vaxxer as well. But he actually had a pretty fucking articulate sort of semi-libertarian yeah, he, slant on why. He, well, why he, he talked Tim around. <laughs> <laughs> you, hey, play the tape back. You were convinced, mate. Oh, look, I was just looking for something to say. <laughs> why is none of that stuff making it into real Rob? That would be kind of good. What? But it, it seeps in because the thing about the organic apple juice... That's oh, yeah. all these little things yeah. that seep in but from his He doesn't real have life. the attention span to stick to any of these through lines because mm. he does at the start of the episode. Or, <laughs> that was he, actually, we, we uh, for, those, for those of you playing along at home, we had a false start where we started watching the last episode when we were trying to figure out where we got up to. Yeah. And his wife's saying, I'm going to go to uh, Mexico or the Bahamas. And he goes, yeah, well, that's fine if you want to get, po-. you know, like the idea that he's got all these conspiratorial ideas on things that'll make you sick. So it's really, it's really interesting because he... I would assume he's writing that as as a character point to be an asshole. So like the bag of organic food, I'm like, he's gone, what would a dickhead version of me do? See, but he's him. actually just putting in his genuine points that's of real view. Rob. So that is real, wow. Yeah. yeah. This show is so much better than I thought. <laughs> yeah, so so Rob Schneider, um, I think we could probably say quite definitively now, is exactly the kind of dude who's on Facebook and that he has been targeted by all of those yeah, fake yeah. news websites yeah. and he's reading a headline or maybe the first paragraph of everything <laughs> and he's formed a web of lies in his head that he's explains got, the world. He's got the time to take it all on board yeah. and turn it into one quarter-formed opinion. And you do, he does, there are episodes where he, you know, like you see him on the computer half researching some fucking whacked out thing. So he's sort of got an awareness of it. But again, he just, I think, lacks the intelligence you know, to sort to of talk see about, it the whole way through. To talk about this does open up the idea that for this show to work or be remotely interesting, all it 
needs is to become a, a genuine documentary. Yeah. So yeah, you give someone else the camera. Yeah, yeah 100%. Give Jamie the camera. Give Jamie because the camera it, and film the writer's room. It's the, well, because <laughs> I'll watch that happily. It's, it's the, the, the thing that is blocking the show from operating is like he's is the self... You know, like... He's the filter. He, he still doesn't know that he looks like an asshole on the show, but he's still afraid that he will or he's afraid he'll look stupid. But he's not far off as well, eh? Yeah. yeah. It only it's needs to be there. half a step beyond what it is. It's amazing that he lets half of that come out as well. He like, says cunt in this episode. That was big. Well, that's the most convincing acting performance he turns in is all the lines of in, dismissive insults he's written for himself. Yeah. And like it's sort of the insolence with which he treats those around him. Those are like when he goes, are you fucking idiot? It's like, yeah, you believe that. Yeah. Yeah, that just came out. That was yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so what, like uh, comparing this to the pilot episode, Ed, do you think there's been any progress? Has he learned any lessons along the way? In terms of storytelling, in terms of storytelling, putting I can't, a show together, but I can't even remember what the story was of the, of pilot. the episode. We what, just was your, what was your <laughs> what was your what was your take on the pilot? Or oh, is dread, truly dreadful stuff? We couldn't believe what he was trying to. So they, they're not talking heads in this. Are no, they? Well, they no, used but to they be were. Talking heads. So there they used to be yeah. early doors. There was talking heads. There was, was another Rob Guess. Uh, there was the sound stage stand up. So he it was interspersed <laughs> with like Kardashian style talking heads. Also, him doing stand up, like a Seinfeld or Louis type thing. Oh, it's it was it was having a go at every show, right? In one, yeah, basically. Yeah, and then he's sort of and the the big <laughs> thing because you mentioned that I just thought that's probably him doing Everybody Loves Ray. Yeah, Mind, Mind. <laughs> was that the name of the show? Everybody loves Raymond. Oh yeah, true. I thought it was right. Yeah, yeah. I think you've been confused. The the amount of comedic talent we've packed into this hotel room. <laughs> so you know, off mic we have Alice Sneddon and Ray Badrin. Ray Badrin is, is vertical, or he's sort of no horizontal, but. You're at a right angle. He's stretching his legs out against the, the like wall. If we spent the amount of time we did consuming Rob Schneider, just trying to come up with one idea between the five of us that we wanted to create, we can make something so much better. The joke truly is on us, isn't it, ultimately? As it always is. And that's why we can say these horrible things about Rob Schneider and his beautiful family. Mm. Yeah, I just remember thinking how much he was trying to do Modern Family with the with the first episode. Especially, I mean, there are some comparisons anyway. I don't think I knew that was his real wife until today. Yeah. So it seemed so much like Modern Family this is like an older guy with like a uh, a, hot, a hot wife yeah. uh, from Latin, from Latin America yeah. who's way out of his league and they live in a nice house and they do those outside of house shots as well to establish a new scene which nothing will happen in the way scenes move on in this is absolutely incredible like and like you said if there's no if there was no music in it it would be the maddest show of all time <laughs> yeah to um punctuate the end of the scene they yeah. will just keep coming back to the same um uh, electro electro swing <laughs> they've paid for the rights to use one track one clip yeah and they just uh and it's the same one from the first season too they haven't changed it yeah, well, what, well if it ain't broke is it, <laughs> yeah. is it- not a test I mean he has learned and that he has removed the talking heads yes. he has removed the stand up on a sound he's not stage. replaced them with anything no yeah and it's not that he's concentrated the time he was spending writing or performing those scenes <laughs> on getting the other stuff right it's just that they're no longer it's there it's a good tip if you're making art to put every idea you've ever had into one thing and then just strip them away one <laughs> yeah. by one and then keep going until you and lose interest <laughs> until it's just a husk <laughs> yeah <laughs> So I uh, would recommend watching this particular episode. For the cameos. Sandler's in this one. You can't Sandler. go past that. Um, is there anything that you enjoyed that you'd like to recount before we... So- I think as I'm aware that we're on a bit of a mm. this much comedic talent packed into a room. We're essentially <laughs> holding some of these people hostage. <laughs> Absolutely. The highlight was Madsen for me, I think. 
The yeah. Madsen ca- the Madsen cameo is absolutely astonishing for the surprise, the shock factor, or for the actual cameo itself. For the for the shock factor, and then I think he really delivered on the cameo. The the sort of stasis he was caught in in that in that reaction is is worth genuinely worth. A he watch, is like he almost represents the real world yeah. in the way he performs. He it's like he didn't know whether it was a documentary or a sitcom. <laughs> yeah, it's like they didn't tell him yeah. to get the most real performance out of him possible. Yeah, it just strikes me that they had him for fifteen to twenty minutes. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. And they used every frame that you see as like yeah. everything they could get. <laughs> he walked straight. They slapped a mic on him as soon as he was through the door. That's why he's so confused. <laughs> <laughs> Those are his own clothes. Yeah. yeah, there was no there was no costume on that day. No Fuck. doubt, and it was a genuine walk off at the end of his scene. Yeah, they never saw him again. What a show, though. You know, they they got it finished. It's all there. Um, it's in focus. I can't get away from the fact it's all in focus on this show. You, you know, it's in yeah. focus. It, there's no denying it. Um, <laughs> it's it, all lit. I might have to watch the next episode to see if the yoga instructor comes back. Though. She won't. Ed, <laughs> I can, let me tell you. Uh, I don't know. Seen... I believe in him, man. I think he's going to pull it yeah, out of the bag. That, that, those are the plot devices. Those are the hooks that keep fans watching for more. It's like whether or not a character will reappear. <laughs> Um, I'm not averse to putting money on this. Let me know because I, I I might watch another episode. All right. Let him know right now. 20 quid that she does not reappear. All right. Done. You're on. That's All a right. great Let's bit. Yeah. Um, Ed, if go, people want to keep in touch with you, how can they do that? <laughs> what's, what's your, your phone, phone, what's your number, phone number, 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 number? If you want to get in contact with me directly. <laughs> Plus four four. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we don't say that, weirdly. Um <laughs> Uh, you can you can hit me hit me up hit me up yeah that's what the kids say no? yeah, absolutely yeah, sure, you're a copy yeah, sure. I bet lots of our listeners are gonna hit you up old man <laughs> you can uh, you can contact me on Twitter at Gamble Comedy and you've got a I forgot to say at the start of the episode you also got a, a new stand up special streaming on Amazon Prime yes it's called Real Ad uh, it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's called uh, it's called Blood Sugar and it's available on Amazon Prime. Well, thank you so much. It's great to be back in the saddle, as great as it can be. And I'd like to sign off this episode by saying uh, Roger Daltrey took a shit in my guest house. <laughs> 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 <laughs>